Madison, thanks for doing this, brother. It's been a long, long time. I've been trying to get this going. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. What's cooler, being in a video game or seeing yourself on your first baseball card? Uh, I think the video game. I mean, but both are so rewarding. You know, you work, you work your whole life towards both of those, and they usually come kind of – well, I guess the, the card comes first. But, I mean, I, those are hard to weigh on, man. But the video the video game was – video game's cool. You know what's funny? Everyone I, I ask, it's always 50-50. People, half the people with the uh, video game, half the people with the cards. Where are your cards displayed right now? Do you have them displayed anywhere? No, sadly, oh. they're just like in a drawer. I know, I know. Where are you calling me from? Uh, I'm actually in Charleston today, South Carolina. What South Carolina food do you miss the most? Because I know you were in the minors for a while. So you leave home. You're going to go to Clemson. So you stay, you're going to stay close to home. What food do you miss the most when you're away? Uh, you, I never hesitated to take advantage of the food wherever I was. I'll All tell right. you that. But my grandma makes this thing called Holy Chicken. All right, that, what is it? Uh, it's some sort of like crumbed up you know, uh, baked chicken. And it's probably just the fact that it's my grandma's, you know, okay. that <laughs> sets it away. But uh, I always miss that. It was the first week I'd come home and I'd get to see them. They knew what I wanted to uh, to have for food. They never even had to ask. Gatorade Player of the Year in South Carolina, a million awards and stuff. Did any other school besides Clemson have a legitimate shot at you or no? I was, I mean, I was really appreciative of all the interest, man. And it's kind of, you know, I haven't even relived these questions in quite a while. It's kind of, it's, it, these are, it's funny. I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, so my dad and my granddad both went to Wofford. Okay. And I mean, I'm a big pers- uh, believer of, you know, go to school for what you want to study, where you want to be. And, you know, let your, let your, uh, let your performance on the field kind of speak for itself. And I, I know there's exemptions to that. But I was really just sold on Clemson. Even even with my family heritage over at Wofford, I just took a took a visit to the campus and you know it had that rural world feel. But it was it was also you know a cool kind of camp, uh, you know uh, college town on the lake. The team the team team chemistry looked to be pretty awesome when I when I rolled through the clubhouse. So they had a they had a great architecture program too. I wanted to design houses. It was kind of like oh, a good okay. fit overall. Yeah. What years would you have gone there? Uh, so uh, the years I've been there have been like, you know, the spring 2010 okay. um, through 13. So that's like Taj Boyd, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who else? Sammy Watkins. You would have had some football team there too. Oh, yeah. No, they had they had some, they had some squads during that period. Yeah, it, it would have been a really fun time to be a Tiger, no doubt. And my uh, sister and my best friend going there kind of helped me uh, live that briefly during the off seasons, you know, I'd, I'd go visit. It was about an hour away. So really easy to bounce down there. And we, we always had a big time. And my 21st birthday was spent at <laughs> Tiger Town Tavern. So, you know, that's like part of graduating Clemson is some of those, uh, you know, chips off the box. So, I mean, I, I got to live a little bit of it, but not, you know, not the whole experience. How sick is it watching a game there in Death Valley? Is it like unreal? Cause I know on ESPN when they run down the hill, is it just the sickest thing watching a game there? You know, all of us idiots in the bullpen, we we would just claim that our school had the best environment. You know, so anybody that you interview, I'm sure, would give like some raving statement of how their school's better than others. But of course, uh, you know, we're pretty proud that the stadium shakes, and when they're running down the hill, it's it's pretty uh, it's, it gets you fired up. It, it's true because uh, right before this, Hollis Thomas, he played for the Eagles for 15 years. He just came on, and he's telling me about Northern Illinois, like the stadium, this, and I'm like, what? Well, let, let's slow down with that one, bro. Yeah, I mean, 
I can't hate on anybody's atmosphere because, uh, you know, it's part of just like having that pride in the school that you're fired up about it. But, you know, you get a chilly game in the fall at Clemson and, uh, you know, the, you know, you might get some, you know, mist coming over the lake or something and you're in your Carhartt jacket, but, you know, you got all the Clemson gear on and, and they're running down, touching the rock. I mean, I, I don't go to a ton of games there and I've never been like the biggest, biggest fan, but we've been real proud of what they've done over the past years and the kind of culture they set over there. It's been neat to watch. I, I love going to games. Any of the sports growing up or was it just baseball? That was everything, man. I, I, Anything that you could uh, throw at me, I was just um, always just outside. I, I was into soccer, basketball, and baseball mainly growing up. My skill set probably would have been best in football. Um, but uh, I was, I mean, very excited about what baseball did for me and uh, where I was able to get to. Uh, but, you know, I had my parents made me choose when I was like 10 years old. They, they were <laughs> like, look, we've had five years of three sports. Um, you're picking two. And at that point in time, I just moved to Greenville from Southern Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we went with baseball and basketball. Who was your guys I, growing up? Who were your baseball guys growing up? Uh, you, I was Jim Edmonds, man. I, and, that's a, um, that's a I random had, one. I know. So I had a pitching uh, pitching coach, Paul Abbott. He pitched for the Mariners and um, maybe a couple other teams. For He, he had a really su- successful career. And uh, okay. Abbott is the man. He asked me that same question. You know, We're out there in the outfield or something. And you know, he's like, who's, who's your guy? And he's like, because he knew it was going to be a center fielder because I, I grew up playing center field and, you know, pitching too. But uh-huh. I was I was all in in center field and hitting. And I told him Jim Edmonds. And it was like, I could not have picked a more wrong answer uh, than, than to say Jim Edmonds. He's like, have you heard of Ken Griffey? <laughs> yeah, how <laughs> isn't the kid your guy? Like, I'm a New York Yankee fan and Griffey was my well, guy. So I've got three cousins that played professionally too. And um, my, my two twin cousins, Matt and Mike Snyder, they were obsessed with Griffey. I mean, especially Matt. Um, But I was actually with Griffey about a month ago at this BMW Pro-Am. And we're, you know, like just there's some football guys, basketball guys, and everybody's talking about who's got the hardest travel schedule. And um, we got to talk about something else. Just uh, Griffey was asking about something. I wanted to tell him the Jim Evans story, but I didn't have the heart to do it, you know, in front of him. Because, you know, you talk to Griffey, he's like, he's the man. Yeah. But uh, Abs was like, dude. Any of those catches that you're going to brag to me about, about Jim Evans, Griffey caught standing up. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Griffey made it look so easy. Yeah. He's, he, he's like, you right, you like the wrong guy. That's great. I'm a, I'm obsessed with draft stories. Uh, so 2009, and I know you'd have like 40 or 50 scouts at your high school games, right? Uh, well, so uh, do you know Brooks Hall? You know that name? I do know that name. Why do I know that name? He, he was with the Brewers, uh, a couple other teams for, okay. for a while. We were kind of like going at it in high school together. We were both seniors in the, in the same uh, same area up in the upstate of South Carolina. And my, uh, my my coach at the time in high school was his first and pretty much only year being there. I had an awesome pitching coach, but my um, the young head coach made it really hard for scouts to come see me. Uh, you know, I love playing center field. Like I told you, that that's really the reason I got Gatorade played here was my center field and hitting. But uh you know, we kind of knew that pitching was going to be my strongest ticket in the draft. So getting like specific dates for the, you know, cross checkers and national guys to come in, that's, that's like a big thing for you coming into the draft. He gave me one date, March 10th. So Brooks and I, Brooks was from Teal Hannah. Brooks and I played against each other on March 10th. And I think we had 90, 90 scouts there. You know, it was like, it was like over three. Yeah. So that was pretty wild. Other other than that, like, you know, we'd have a good bit of scouts at games, but that was definitely, you know, we didn't typically have 
40 or 50. I'd say we we had like 10 to 15 at games. And then that one game we had, like there's, there's a picture that um, I've got somewhere and it was really neat. Brooks and I, we actually played in Australia together and we were talking about that randomly, but it was, it was a cool moment for us uh, when we were 18. So if you're, and we're not knocking coaches obviously, but if your schedule was maybe like, Hey, every fifth day, you probably would have had more scouts because they want to see you pitch. They didn't want to see you play center field. Right. You know, honestly, we might not have had as many scouts at that game because, you know, they would have saw you more, already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, because they, they want to go see you four or five times during that spring high school season mm-hmm. with the decision makers before they pick you uh, in the first round. So, you know, you really need those opportunities to get in front of them. The Red Sox, you know, they probably took a, a, a risk with me uh, being that I didn't get to get in front of them as much as, as some of the other guys. So take me to that. So there's not mock drafts. We can look at mock drafts now, like to 2035. You know, we can look at mock drafts now. Were there a ton of mocks back then? Or you like, did you have any idea where you might go or anything? Yeah. Um, you know, there were some mock drafts that they kind of put you around the place and, you know, some high ones and it gets you excited, right? You know, like, of course, uh, part of that process is choosing your uh, family advisor. You know, you got to be real careful there. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with that, that, uh, that you know, whole I'm not sure if it's the same way, but, uh, you know, I, I chose, I chose Troy Caradonna cause he just, I felt like he shot it straight to me. You know, we, we had, we'd have people coming in the house telling us like, Oh, he's going to be, uh, you know, top five picks. And Troy came in saying like, look, he's got some work to do to be in the top 50 picks. <laughs> and, and, oh, okay. You know, so he, he was I, a straight shooter. Yeah. 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 I was, I was like, that's what we need to hear. You know, um, he really, he really gave me some good guidance when I was working through that time period. So tell me, how does that phone call happen? Because now we can put on MLB Network. We can just keep refreshing our phone. Give me that phone call. Seventh round comes along. It, yeah. So, I mean, back then it was a, it was structured a little bit differently. The way that teams could um, pay guys out of slot in certain, certain rounds and uh, how quickly you could sign uh, when you're picked in the, uh, above your slot to get it approved. Uh, but we had the, you have the conversation before the pick. So, you know, we were talking to teams like, would you take this? Would you take that? Um, or, I mean, I guess, you know, if, if it's legal, I guess I was, and <laughs> I'm not sure. I really don't know these rules anymore. It's been so long. Uh, but eventually I got the Red Sox knew what my situation was and other teams knew what my situation was. I didn't know what they were going to do. And I was upstairs. I had gone upstairs to brush my teeth. I mean, we didn't know when I was going to be taken, but if it was going to be at slot, we were expecting it to be pretty early on. And so okay. when it was later, you know, we were kind of like doing our own thing throughout the day at that point. You're only waiting for a couple of hours. So I was upstairs, like brushing my teeth after lunch. And I heard my uh, girlfriend at the time scream from downstairs in the living room. And we had this chocolate lab that was known for like biting people. And I came, <laughs> I came running downstairs thinking that my girlfriend got, had gotten bit by our dog. And, um, and my, I think my dad actually thought the same thing. I see, I hear him yelling like, what, what, what? And, um, come in there and she's like, uh, you're going to be, you're with the Red Sox. I was like, Oh, awesome. Like, awesome. Let's go. You know, like, um, so wait, so know, the Red Sox called your house and, and she answered. Oh no, no, no. Um, it just came across the, uh, the, the, the draft or, or the ticker or whatever, whatever it was. That's at the time. wild. So no phone yeah. call. No, 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 no phone call to confirm before the, before the pick. They just, I guess they had spoken with us, uh, you know, kind of get a judge on signability. I think, you know, maybe that's what the conversation was ahead mm-hmm. of time is, you know, um, what, what does it, what's it going to take for you to sign? And I think once they understood what, uh, what I was asking, that's when they went, went ahead and made the pick, but it was, it was a surprise to me. And thankfully 
it wasn't due to my dog. So <laughs> that's wild, man. Now you're a 17, 18 year old kid, and now you're judging Clemson. And it's hard to like instantly you have to be an adult because it's like 17, let's go party in Clemson. You, you know, you know the atmosphere, or am I gonna go get my professional real job? Was that a difficult decision to make? It, it was at the time, and looking back, I really don't understand how it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the advantage financially to that is just um, it's something that I, I couldn't imagine it going the, going the other way. And the three years that you would have spent, I, I would have could have spent at, at Clemson. Uh, you know, battling injuries here and there, I'm not sure that it worked out the same way for me. Yeah. And um, the Red Sox stuck with me, which I really appreciate. And I wasn't really able to bring the Red Sox much value. Uh, which I wish I could have, but I really appreciate them sticking with me through a few injuries earlier in my career. And I, I'm not sure if I would have gone through those injuries while at Clemson, if it would have really turned out the same after those first three years. Your parents cool with that decision you made? And did you know right away? I should have asked you that first. Did you know right away I'm going I'm going to Red Sox? I think I I think I felt that direction. Um, it was you know my cousin, uh, my older my oldest cousin was drafted in the first round of a high school um, in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I think after he did that, I think it just opened my mind to like, that is like, that's like the best way to go. You know, like that's, you know, course, I was so yeah. fired up, you know, cause I think I always wanted to do that after seeing him do that. So for me, I, I, I would like to, at the time I'd probably told you, I was like one foot in one foot out of each. Um, but I, I think I was probably just full throttle. Um, even senior year of high school, I think I was already on the mindset of playing professionally. You get that first check. Did you make a dumb purchase or a good purchase? What was the first big purchase you made? My dad, my dad was always really good with me understanding, you know, like um, the fi- the finances and you know how something can get blown so quickly and uh-huh. you know, all the stories of all. I mean, I, I got I, you know, I just got a I got like a Tahoe at the time, no, nothing crazy. I I had some team I had some teammates where we were just like, oh, oh man, what are you doing, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's uh, funny. And again, just because he was on 20 minutes ago, Hollis Thomas from the Eagles. I'm like, hey, what's the dumb purchase? He's like, I'm embarrassed to tell you. He's like, <laughs> I was watching a rap video and I bought a car with hydraulics and I was in Philadelphia. He's like, it didn't, it barely worked. He said he he took it to the um mechanic like 10 times. It, he never drove it because every time he tried to drive it, the hydraulics would break. It was for the, you know, so he's like, that was the dumbest thing he's ever purchased. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's been some good ones there. <laughs> Uh, that that's you know that's got a little bit more of the flavor to it you know like, you don't really expect someone to tell you it's got a, it was a car with hydraulics yeah but, uh, <laughs> yeah I think uh, everybody has seen Shaq talk about how he went and bought like a vehicle for everybody's family and, it's amazing uh, you know how quickly do you report to Lowell Massachusetts after that you get drafted how long is that process like were you able to soak it in or you report right away no I mean like so back in 2009 when I was drafted I had to wait till August so to, okay well the big day today. Uh, today is the day that I signed with the Red Sox in 2009, August 14th. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, it's also the day that my family was able to see me play in the big leagues in person for the first time. So it's a big, big day. They came up to D.C. Oh, but, that's wild. Yeah, our third road trip of that series. So luckily I was able to hang on. <laughs> um, so, you know, back then I was drafted, I think it was like June 3rd, okay. and waited, you know, two months to, to get signed after going through some medical um, – exams I was pitching in the summer so they wanted to I think they called it a summer follow and uh, once I signed I went straight to Florida to their uh, spring training complex got kind of examined by the the, um, the strength team the medical team kind of put a plan together for the fall went to instructional leagues there and then came for spring training the next season 
then extended spring and uh, Lowell in say June. So, I mean, it was, it was a very long time before I got to pitch in front of fans uh, after it was, you know, it was a year. Pitching mentally is it's a whole different ball game. You know, I have a ton of players on and they say their time in the minors was so stressful because every at bat, you're like, oh my God, I went over four today. Are they going to cut me? That's going through your head. As a pitcher, if you have a bad outing, you have to wait three, four days. If you're a relief pitcher, if you have, if you walk two guys, how does an 18 year old like deal with that mentally? Do you ever look back at that? Like, wow, I dealt with a lot of stuff early on. Yeah. You know, when you're thrown, you know, I went from having my mom do my laundry every, every uh, week <laughs> to, to, you know, being thrown across the country and, you know, finding food on my own, doing my own laundry. I think there was like so much going on at that one point in time. I wouldn't even say that the stress of pitching uh, was something that was, you know, that would stand out for me. Uh, you know, luckily you're doing it with other guys in the same situation as well you know, figuring things out, seeing what you want to do, who you don't, what you don't want to do. But I took bad games to heart way too much. Like I wish I could have kind of just bounced off of the bad games a little bit better. Okay. You know, cause uh, the good games, all, you know, those are easy. You go to sleep pretty easily. Uh, what's pretty well in those, the bad games, man, I, I'd be up all night, you know, reliving everything. Like why did this, why did this go this way? Why, why didn't this go a different way? And I, I think some of the guys that I saw have more success than I did could just, you know, blow those off so well. You know, they come back to the field the next day and you couldn't even tell they had a bad game the day before. And, you know, I, I tried to do my best to stay even keel. Mm-hmm. You're kind of taught that early on is, you know, um, don't be the mountains and don't, you know, don't, don't be on the highs and the lows. You know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough life. And, um, you know, I, I tried my best, especially on the mound, controlling emotions, but, you know, I just I think we're all some, so competitive at that level. It's 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 hard not to get upset when you lose. You because of injuries, you were around the minors for a little bit. What's the best promotion and worst minor league promotion you ever saw? What, what do you mean by that? Like, like you know, you go to the minor league games and they have like you know wacky promotions like huh. random sock day. What was the best promotion? You're like, oh, that's a good one, and the one you're like, oh, are you kidding me? That's horrible. This might be more of like one of those in between inning events, but I think it, I think it could be I think it could apply here. We had a game in Lowell where monkeys were riding dogs, hurting other dogs. What? I mean, it was the most. Yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> and one of the one of the monkeys like bit a guy's finger who was holding it before that, like before. The, I mean, it was. <laughs> it what it was one of those like you were just like the, it was just mixed into the rest of the season. It's just like what's going on, you know? If you were just to like walk in. And you hadn't been there that day to kind of know that the monkeys were going to come around the dogs and stuff. You, I mean, I think it'd be the most confusing thing in the world for, for some of the guys. That's a great answer. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a shock. That's a great answer. Now you played in Portland, Lowell, uh, Greenville, Oklahoma city, Tulsa and stuff. While you're there, obviously it seems like a grind, but did you enjoy the journey as you're on it? Like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Like I'm in all these cities or you're like, all right, I just want to get to the majors or I'm not really enjoying it. Did you enjoy the ride? Yeah, and I'm sure you know you probably know know it from talking to everybody. But when you're when you're along for that ride, that's your daily life. Like it's just like like your daily life for this, and you know for what I'm doing now, and for what everybody uh, who's doing what they are currently doing. It's just it's your normal life. So you experience the stress from that. You experience the excitement, the lulls, the the short sleep, and some of that excitement or stardom that someone might feel from like, you know, signing autographs or having somebody come watch your game or, you know, taking a piss next to big poppy or, you know, whatever it is, you know, 
we're just really making the most of, of everything. And it's hard to digest until after your career, I think, to, to like, like think back of some of the things. And, uh, you know, even now I'm still remembering some of the things that I'm like, wow, that was so cool. You know, or like, yeah, I, I my big deal was eating breakfast in each city every day, like walking somewhere to eat breakfast, just kind of get out and get out, get about and experience the city. So that's probably the way that I took advantage of it the most was just walk around the cities and getting to know each city a little bit better than uh, most probably would. You play with a bunch of like studs. I just did a quick look. I don't know if it's, you know, it's the internet. So everything you read on the internet is true. Mookie Betts, Ellsbury, Victorino, Ozzy Albies, Dustin May, JD Drew, Rick Purcello. You played with all those guys? Yeah, here and uh, here. In, yeah. Um, and, and that's what's wild too. A, a lot of, um, some of those guys was, were just like very brief or, okay. um, or something, but like Mookie was my boy. Like Mookie. Mookie, Mookie and I were, we played pickup basketball together. <laughs> he doesn't do that anymore. You know, he yeah, wouldn't yeah, do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, we were playing pickup basketball together in spring training. We'd go over to FGCU with a group of like five guys and go run the courts for like an hour. <laughs> like no one, no one knowing that we weren't students at the school or anything like that. Um, you know, we spent three weeks in the Dominican together, surviving a hurricane. I mean, it, it, Mookie is, Mookie's an awesome dude and really, really like excited for the success that he's had. It's, it's, uh, you know, kind of, kind of proud of, you know, definitely proud of Mookie and what he's done. Playing with some of those guys, did you ever know like, okay, that guy's different. Maybe it was Mookie or maybe was it somebody else? Like, okay, that guy is, he's different. The way the ball jumps off the bat or the way he's pitching, he's just a special player. Yeah, Mookie would be the first to tell you like, he, Mookie's, Mookie barrels everything up. That was the first, that was, you know, and it takes a while, you know, like that's not something that jumps out at you at first, but it's like, dude, this touch, like, guy doesn't miss a barrel. You know, that was the thing that stood, stood out with Mookie, you know. Um, there's been other guys who, I, you know, I, I'm, I was pitching a lot against Judge and some of the balls that would come off the Judge's bat, you know, obviously different. It's the crack of the bat. Okay. You know, BP can give away some things here and there. So, yeah. you know, it's you're always listening to batting practice at times and then the arms, you know, um, uh, I love Walker Buehler. He, he's an awesome dude, and his ball just has an extra bit of jump to it. And you know, you play catch with that, or or like Kenley. You know, Kenley's yeah, ball yeah, yeah. It basically like rock. It you know seems to rise. <laughs> you know, um, curses curveball. I mean, there's there's certain things that you play you play catch with guys, and you're like, well, that's just different. You know? <laughs> 2016, similar to your draft story, where are you when you're told, like, hey, it's here, you're going up to the league? How does that call happen? Um, I, oh, it was Durham, North Carolina. I was upstairs uh, putting into a whiskey glass in, <laughs> in, uh, in the hotel room after a game. All right. And uh, Moses, our, our manager, calls me down to the lobby, and the only thing I can think of is, like, what, what did I do wrong? Like, I just – I just, you know, could, could not think of what I could have done wrong. And he, he walked, I walked down there and he goes, sit down. And I'm like, damn it. I really did. Do, you know, like, I like messed up. <laughs> it's like he, he confirmed what I thought. Like when he told me sit down, you know, I was, I was, I was like, it's like, really? Like I haven't, I haven't even, haven't even been here for like four days since I just got caught up. Cause I was down and I went from AAA to AA for a bit and then, then back up. And he goes, uh, what are you doing? It's like putting. <laughs> he goes, well, Maybe you can afford some golf lessons soon. I'm like, what? At first, I was thinking like, are you 
releasing me. I just had a pretty good game. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm on a hot, I'm on a hot stretch here. And I'm, <laughs> my velocity's like really high. Like, he goes, well, we're, we're calling you up. And I was like, oh, like my, wow. mind wasn't, my mind wasn't there at all. And uh, it was complete shock. You know, I, I really didn't know what to think. I think, uh, you know, my feet left the ground just meant uh, emotionally and um, was keeping it together. But my, my best friend at the time actually lived about an hour away. Okay. And I mean, he had been through every bit of the ride with me, uh, completely not an athlete growing up, just an outdoors dude. And so it's kind of funny, like, you know, he's, he knows so much about baseball now and the whole lifestyle, but you know, um, yeah. He'd be he, mad if I said that he's not the best at playing catch. He he can throw it. He can throw it pretty well. Wait, was he? I was going to ask you. He was your first phone call. Like you go into the show. He was oh, your no, first oh, no. okay. my, my my dad. My dad. My mom. My mom and my dad. First phone call. But you know they're like six hours away. So I'm like, don't come here. Like okay. they're like, well, are we going? To, are we going to St. Louis? I was like, I was like, don't. I was like, don't feel like you have to come to St. Louis. We're only going to be in St. Louis for a day. And then we're in Milwaukee for three. I was like, let me go do my thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to the East Coast. And they're like, all right. But I call my best friend and I didn't think about like what he could be thinking on their line, but I'm like, dude, get here now. And so. Oh, so you didn't tell him why he had to get there. (laughs) No, I just want to tell him in person. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's been like five injuries. Like he's been through the racket with me. And so he takes, he just beelines it an hour to here. He had his, uh, his girlfriend at the time, soon to be wife, follow him in case he needed to leave a car or something overnight at the hospital. He, he saw something. And so she shows up pissed, right? So I'm up there like dapping him up. Like we're just going nuts and everything. She's pissed. Absolutely pissed. Just drove an hour for what to her is like, no, you know, no reason. And she has to go back now. Cause she's <laughs> back there. And it's like, it's midnight. Right. So, I mean, she's like super excited for you, but bad communication. <laughs> that is um, awesome. Yeah, but uh, you know, it was really you know awesome to get to live that with him. The phone calls with my um, my dad, the rest of my family, my cousin. Uh, I mean, just really cool moment, and excited for everybody else who gets to have you know any sort of exciting moments, whether it's that call or any other call that could be in their life. I mean, it's just those are always things to live up and remember. So now you go to St. Louis and you go in the locker room with like Freddie Freeman, Matt Kemp, Jeff Francourt. Do you go introduce yourself to these guys, or you just like how does that like? You're I mean, Mike, I, I got it. I got another one for you here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a day game in St. Louis, and I, you know, go straight to the airport in the morning, beeline in St. Louis, take a taxi right to the or Uber right to the uh, stadium. First person I see when I enter the clubhouse is my cousin. The coolest thing, coolest thing. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Brandon Snyder. So uh, you know, I get to you know celebrate with him. We're all that's so wild. Excited. I'm, yeah, I'm going around the clubhouse scene. Like, and like, you know, we all knew each other from spring training. I didn't assume that they remembered me because it was my first year with the Braves. I was just there for, you know, two months with them. Um, you know, I, me- I remember going up to Freddie being like, hey, Freddie, I'm Madison. He goes, I know. Glad you're here. You know, it's like, oh my you know, God. he's an awesome dude, too. I mean, all those guys are so, such great dudes. Um, but then I hear my cousin's name get called by Snicker. And I'm like, I'm like. Like, no, don't, don't do it. And, and uh, my cousin comes walking out of Snickers office and, he, and he's like, bro, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to, you know, Jersey is up with you tonight. And I was like, what's going on? He goes, well, you know, I'm having my boy in two weeks and I'm just going to go back and 
be with be with the family for a couple weeks and you know so he got sent down in my place well oh. three weeks later he took my place coming back up so we, we actually had breakfast with each other when he came back up to take my place and never never got to be on the field together it was you know un, you know we'll, we'll we'll take it though we were both pretty happy yeah i was gonna say it's, it's okay now you told your parents not to come to bush for the first game but you played in the first game were they there no, no, no. They, no, they, they were eyes on. But okay. The, uh, I mean, that was such a fast. I mean, it was a one o'clock game. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, so I was gonna say you got there early, and then so you don't expect to play. Obviously, you're not expecting to play, right? I mean, it's kind of nice playing your first day up. No, no, I, it's I, great. I, but mentally, yeah. you, you're like, I'm not playing today, right? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I could have gone without playing that day because I had zero sleep. Like I stared at my toes for six hours till that Uber came in the morning because I just, you know. I don't know if you can sleep after getting that phone call, you might not have had the same ride to get there that I did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm so excited. I had zero sleep, but I think I had the greatest mix of adrenaline to counteract the no sleep that I was just even, I was just myself for the seventh inning. And, um, I also believe I set the record for, uh, ground, uh, ground ball hits or like infield single infield single hits uh per inning pitched in the big leagues i think i think i might hold that one do you remember who your first strikeout was against well i was at a buddy's birthday party and it was a bunch of football guys on saturday okay they're playing on their like you know football highlights and i'm not trying to be that guy that's like (laughs) oh flip that over here but then you know they were like they were like did you play football i was like no i just you know just just stuck with baseball and they like went to my hut well the first one came up was my first strike it was actually milwaukee mm-hmm. i can't remember i can't remember who it was um if but, i tell you uh, if i tell you the name would you remember it probably i mean hernan perez did you know that okay perez that's right L- let me ask this one i don't know if you did because I, I didn't have a chance to go on baseball reference did, did you give up a home run in the big leagues no Oh, uh, I was gonna say who hit the because I, I was trying to find who hit the first like blast off you, but I couldn't find it. I was such a ground ball pitcher, uh, you know. I gave up a ton of ground ball singles, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> but stayed stayed away from the long ball in my in my brief time up there. You were a little older, but you were still a rookie. Any rookie hazing you had to deal with, or no? I, sh- I shouldn't no. say hazing. I shouldn't say hazing. I should say like uh, any rituals you had to do there. Yeah, there's definitely you know you're carrying the backpack and everybody's got stuff they need in the bullpen backpack. Okay. And so that thing's loaded down. I mean, we could have survived days on an <laughs> island with this military backpack that we have. And, uh, you know, so you got that as a rookie, you're responsible for that in the bullpen, making sure that that's loaded down every day. And uh, for each flight, the rookies have to bring whatever everybody else needs for that flight in a uh, in grocery bags. Oh, whatever that might whatever that may be. My uh, one of my good friends growing up played for the New York Giants. He got drafted by the Cowboys, and he uh, he said they got him for the bill. They went out to a club one night, and he got crushed with the bill. But he was a third round pick. So it was like it was okay. Did you ever get stuck with the bills or anything? Because he said he didn't think so. They were like, "Hey, Rook, we're gonna take you out. We're not playing any games. You know, bring your boys if you want." And they just and he, the owners like, "Hey, Chris, this is on you." So did you ever get stuck with anything with that or no? Yeah, the, the bullpen got me good. Uh, so with the bill, it's bad. Well, I just. I think I think I just got to leave the suspense till the you know I got to tell the whole if you got time you know I got to tell the story here. Of course, man, I want to hear. I love hearing <laughs> stories. It's great. Uh, so you know we leave St. Louis. I've just pitched. I felt good about the way I threw. Um, 
So they've got uh, Ruth Chris steak after the game. So I crush a steak. So excited to eat steak. <laughs> Love steak. Get on the plane to go to Milwaukee. They bring the menu over. I ordered another steak. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> who, knows how long, who knows how long they're going to be in the show? I'm eating every steak that comes my way. So ate that steak. Hour and a half flight to Milwaukee. Get there. I get a text. Hey, bullpen's eating dinner at the steakhouse. No, we stop. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were staying at like a cool, like old school hotel, um, the Fister in uh, Milwaukee. So, you know, I change, get right down to the, uh, right down the steakhouse. We're all going around, um, you know, a lot of, you know, a couple, couple glasses of wine and another ribeye. This third, you know, third, third steak. And so we've, we've enjoyed ourselves though, this dinner, right? You know, it's, it's a, you know, five-star steakhouse and Jordan's, it's probably seven of us. Bill comes, Bill, Bill time comes around. We went to do credit card roulette. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know is when I was in the bathroom, they already organized it so that the waitress would pick my credit card. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, she pulls it out, does a whole hoorah. All right. And then everybody's like, oh, man, first day, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> can't believe that would happen. So she brings it over. It's 1400 bucks. Oh. And, you know, I tip it out. She takes it away. And JJ just starts laughing. You know, he's like, I'm like, I'm like, what's up? He goes, dude, you're not paying. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, they just, they let it sit for like five minutes. Right. You know, just oh, like it's marinating now in you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, um, it was worth, like, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I mean, no matter if I'm having to pay this, you know, $1,700 bill, like well worth it. Like worth, you know, worth, that's a great worth, story worth the day. Well, they, yeah. So she brings the check back after I've, um, I've already tipped out because the, the, all the guys wanted to see how I tipped. You okay. know? So, <laughs> so they passed it on the table. It was like, oh, he gave like 23%. Like, oh, that, that works. You know, like, that's good. And uh, the, the waitress is laughing. She's had a good time. It was like two-hour dinner. And she goes, here, keep this. And so the, that steakhouse, I can't remember what it's called, but they bring you your bill in this like small black leather couch that's like a small couch. Okay. And so that's on my mantle. So I randomly have this like baby couch on my mantle with that receipt still in it. That's a great story. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're helping me relive a lot of things that I probably haven't been to in a while. I love hearing like these random stories. Now everyone knows the difference triple A to the show. You're in the majors. What's the biggest difference from like single A to triple A? Is there a huge difference? I think, I think the difference is going to be different for everybody. Um, I was a guy who just had to learn how to control my stuff. You know, I had a high nineties fastball touching a hundred and a, my curveball was my, you know, go-to pitch bread and butter. So my stuff was going to play at every level. I just had to, I had to get consistency. And so I, I guess I saw less of a difference than some of the guys who probably were consistent at the lower levels at like um, the lower velocities and just more of those command guys. Okay. Who then see some someone's like play play um, discipline really improving as you get to double A and triple A, and I saw a little bit of that. Um, you know, you've got guys who really get patient on the days that. I mean, those guys are those 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 guys at uh, the triple A because triple A is big league uh, players. Yeah. I mean, you might have four guys on triple A team who don't have big league t- big league time, and they're just going to expose you if you're having a day where you you can't like spot find the zone or mm-hmm. pretty much spot up uh, so i mean uh, that's where that's where the biggest difference was to me is those guys just have a different level of patience you know you might be able to get away with a day that you're not really spotting up and and low a and, and high a but 
No, AAA, if you can't prove to them that you're going to be in the zone, they're just going to they're gonna make you eat it. Finishing up your first season, you didn't obviously play in all the stadiums. Were there any stadiums that you're like, oh, I really wish I could have pitched or been to blank? You saying finishing up my first season or are you just saying over, overall? No, like overall, you didn't get to play in every stadium. Is there any stadium you were like, wow, I wish I could have played there? A Yankee Stadium. I didn't get I didn't get to play in Yankee Stadium. You know, I got to play in Dodger Stadium, Fenway, um, Wrigley when I was in high school, actually. So, I mean, some of those things just like you get to do along your your, uh, your way. On the journey, but, yeah. But, yeah, Fen- uh, Fenway was awesome. It would have been cool to couple that with Yankee Stadium at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just I think growing up in southern Georgia and South Carolina, it was neat that I got to, to pitch the last year at Turner Field. Well, that's a great and you, and you say you like the Braves, too, right? You watch them a little bit growing up because there's no one else. Oh, I mean, yeah. Growing up, I had like the life size poster of Chipper Jones with like oh, you, the, uh, Chipper Jones was your guy then. Not not Jim Edmonds well, level, but yeah, well, so Chipper's six, four yeah, and yeah. it had like that, you know, inch by inch, like oh, yeah. five foot, six foot. <laughs> and uh, growing up, like most of my family was you know, five, six, five, 11, um, you know, and so I'm seeing the guy that's six, four and I'm like, dude, I want to be six, four one day. And the, and so like every time I go to the doctor, like 10, 12 years old, I'd be like, Hey, how tall do you think I'm going to be? And he'd be like, here's your range. Like it was never six, four. I ended up being <laughs> six, four. I really, you know, I think looking at that poster every day, it's part, part of what made it happen. <laughs> it seems like that's, it is the reason it made it happen. Mentally, again, because you get released, um, you get released, and you go with the Dodgers, the Giants, back to the Dodgers. How do you deal with that again mentally? Like, oh crap, I'm getting released. I'm going to a new team. Is that like heavy on you? Yeah, uh, the so getting released by the Giants in 2018 was the first time that I'd ever been released. Okay, uh, I was really shocked I didn't get signed back with the Braves or called back up in September, and so that. You know, that, that was frustrating. But then I had my best year in 2017 with the Dodgers until I got hurt um, stealing second base. I dislocated my left shoulder. I Come was, on. Were they, I was, was the team furious with you? Um, They were not furious because they were excited of what I could possibly provide as like a two-way option. Yeah, before oh. – be, I was not doing what Shohei was doing. Please don't let me yeah. – I mean, try to – Madison like, say says that. he was Shohei before Shohei. <laughs> No, I was like pinch hitting and, and running on days I wasn't pitching or staying in to taking a bat out of relief. And I was I was doing well with it, having good at bats, um, you know, running well. And I just grew up doing that. And uh, my manager kept me in uh, and he's the man. Like I, he felt guilty about this afterwards because I was actually going to L.A. the next day. I found that out uh, on the training table. They were like, are you sure you're hurt? And I, I didn't catch I didn't I didn't catch on, you know. Um, but man, I was like, I can't feel my left shoulder. So, I mean, that's a little different. That's a little abnormal. <laughs> but, but he felt, my manager felt bad forever. And I was, I was, I was like, man, like, please, like, this is, don't feel guilty. Like, I'm a kid in a candy shop to go having that bat. Like, I, I would have, I would have gotten in a fight with you if you didn't let me have that at bat. That's so you know? sick. I got, it was like 2 2 in the bottom of the ninth. I got a single up the middle, stole second base with Willie Calhoun up. I mean, I'm like, you know, let's yeah. go. This is life. This is great. Shout out to Willie for popping yeah. up to the catcher. Next pitch. Sweet. Really worth it. I uh, uh, Will, Willie's the man. Traveling is like my biggest passion. I'm trying to visit every country in the world. And I just got back from Australia. You played there. How does that happen? How'd that go? Because, you know, a lot of players go down to the Caribbean League or they're playing like, you know, DR or something. How'd that happen in Australia? Uh, out of my love for one of my teammates. Um, you know, all, some of the, I played with two Aussies with the uh, Braves 
Okay. Canelli and Stephen Kent, and they were freaking awesome. And uh, Kenzie was my boy. So we were throwing partners. We're just like shooting it up in the bullpen uh, every day, just talking about one thing or another. Um, just an awesome dude. And he's like, he. And they kept trying to convince me to come pitch in Australia. I'm like, man, I don't know how y'all do it, but I need a break in the winter. Like I can't just play this 365 days a year. So my uh, career was, you know, looking like it was uh, it was over. And uh, at the end of 2018, and so I hit him up. I was like, I was like, yo, y'all got a spot on, on the squad. He goes, he, we got you. You want to come? Wow. Wanna come in? Yeah. I was like, you want to come in November? I was like, well, my cousin's getting married. He was like my younger brother. Um, my cousin's getting married. It was December 30th. He's like, well, come the next day. I was like, that's kind of okay. So I ended up coming the next. I flew the next morning to Canberra. And, you know, you're traveling Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, I didn't go to these other cities just because of the time frame that I was there for the schedule. But you played in Auckland, Adelaide, Perth. I mean, it was it was so cool. We played in Sydney. Uh, I mean, just awesome experience. Such such a cool thing to do. And fan-wise, do they, I know they're baseball fans. They're rugby, obviously. Did they embrace you guys as, as fans of baseball? Oh, man. You know, you go from the big leagues having 40 40- – thousand yeah. fans triple a is even usually 10 12 000 fans so having like three to four thousand was you know that feels a little different at the time yeah yeah i mean that's like they found the loudest four thousand people in the city to come so i mean i can still like hear the chanting uh it, you know we love you brisbane we do and i swear they they just chant that for two hours i mean or in the you know the second they want to they they're just like very fun and then some of the some of the traditions over there were so different than uh, here. I mean, like you couldn't have walked in the stands here to get coffee, and normally you wouldn't anyway. But apparently it was like the thing to do over there. You'd go get coffee before the game. So I'd I'd go get coffee with the guys before the game. You're just standing there, and the fans are like just letting you be, like all cool and everything. Like, hey, good luck, good luck today, mate. That's great. It was it was awesome. Like I, mean, I can't. I was on the fence about going to Australia because how far away it was, and I can't imagine not having gone. It was such a cool experience. What a ride! Now, why only one year there? Uh, well, partially because I was uh, starting a like second, uh, starting a second career, okay. and it's I feel like once you get a little momentum in something, it's hard to leave for two or three months and go across the world, just picking up that um, you know the training that that goes involved with getting ready to go over there and everything. It just uh, was going to be something that was going to be hard for me to fit in, and my company was actually happy to let me do that at the time. It, you know, let me step away for three months to get played in Australia. But it was one of those things that was just it was going to be hard for me. I, I wanted to kind of like establish some roots a little bit more after just being gone for 10 years mm-hmm. and um, just felt like I had I had gotten that experience. I had talked to some of the guys about doing it, but it just never worked out. Um, uh, that was actually my next question. You're a young dude. What do you do when you retire? But you rolled right into your next like part of your life. Yeah, really quickly, <clears throat> which is it's hard because like I didn't ha- I don't have like an injury. Um that is like really significant that's holding holding me from playing and and so you know more that temptation is always gonna probably be probably be there I, one of my good buddies is daniel bard and that couldn't i mean he obviously had such an awesome resume before his comeback story started uh-huh. but you know he just kind of found that love for the game you know i don't think he ever lost that love for the game but definitely uh, his, I don't know if you know his story, but he, I mean, his story could be made into a movie. He's an awesome guy. But yeah, you, you're around guys like that, and it does, you know, convince you at times that, you know, okay, you know, 
stepped away, you could come back and do it. But I mean, man, there's just like, there's like a certain amount of value to having a little bit more consistency in life. Mm -hmm. And if you never have it, I feel like it's going to be hard to, hard to start that at some point. So I, I've really enjoyed just a little bit more consistent lifestyle. Are you still a big fan of the game or is it still like, are you a fan? I was always a player. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I've got tons, you know, um, my buddy, Will Middlebrooks, uh, he's now announcing for Nesson. Yeah, yeah. And he'll tell you anything about everything with the game. Got got other like guys like that that I've been able to catch up with here and there just through going to like different guys' weddings or something. And, you know, I was never that guy. I was like obsessed with like the everything about the game. I just love playing it. I could not get enough of playing it. Of and, playing, yeah. Yes. So I miss being in the game, you know, more than anything. You know, I, I, I would – love to still get to do that um, but as far as like being a fan and watching i i don't watch a ton i've got some buddies around here who are, are big fans got a buddy who's like a big reds fan so i've never watched more reds games in my life <laughs> <laughs> but but now i mean and the funny thing is a bunch of guys in their bullpen i played with uh so you know i'm getting to see lucas sims and Derek claw on a regular basis right now that's why it's funny you said like so many guys i have on before they come on they're like hey listen especially if they're like big time high profile it's like i don't watch baseball so please don't ask me the current situation of the Red Sox. I'm like, you got it. Like I had a Yankee on. He's like, bro, he's like, I don't, I don't really watch them. I'm like, I won't bring, you know, we'll just talk, you know, well, at least like, yeah, he's like, I, I don't want to look at Canadian. Cause you know, as fans are like, oh, they, they must go home and watch every game. You know, they say A-Rod does that, like goes home and just watches every game. But you are more of a player. You'll check it out here and there though, right? Yeah. And when I was playing, I loved to watch videos of guys who profiled similar to me in the bullpen. You know, I love to, um, I love to watch those guys just okay. like highlights before the games. I mean, I just get so fired up, like watching, you know, um, I didn't, my fastball is way different than Kimbrel's. I had, um, I had like a more, more tilt, way less spin, had a little bit of sink, but like, I loved watching the way he went after guys. And I mean, so I'd watch, I've watched Kimbrel throw, I don't even know how many hours worth of just like pregame stuff, but like just going and watching a game and just keeping up with it. Like I'm so out of the news on things often the people were, I feel like I disappoint people when they ask me like, Hey, what do you think about, you know, I'm like, I, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready to finish up with some quick hit questions? Yeah, man. I, I thank you again for having me on. I've really enjoyed this. Dude, this is a blast, bro. I've been dying to have you on. All right. You and I are at a bar here in New York city. You yeah. want to impress everyone in the bar. I'm going to ask you a name drop here, Madison. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back. Hmm. Oh, that's a hard one, man. I don't. I really don't. Uh, I really don't know. I got one that's 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 that good. I mean, I, I mean, just all the guys that I've mentioned playing with. I just. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you could throw Mookie out there. You could throw any of those. I guess, you know. Mookie's a great answer, though. Don't be humble about yeah. it. So if yeah. you take you and I are at a bar here in New York City, you're four beers in. You're like, I'm gonna impress everyone here. <laughs> I would never. Yeah, that's <laughs> the biggest douchebag. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you. So, um, there's a bar here in New York City. That gives me a private floor to do my show. So a lot of times, whoever comes on, you know, you have a few drinks, you know, you, they do a shot. So they're feeling loose. And now we're like an hour into the podcast. And I'm like, who's the coolest person? I'm like, just you're, you're lying. And they're like, what? Nine out of ten times, they're texting a the dude. And the guy's like, what? Yeah. He's like, I haven't texted this guy in like five years. So, but Mookie's yeah. a good answer. Yeah, we get we get to play a lot of golf with some cool golfers. And so, you know, I, but I don't know if they text me back. That's a great, that's fucking awesome. How about one sporting event in history you wish you could have watched live? Front row in any sporting event in the history of sports. The 2019 Masters. I got to go on Friday, but I'd like to see Tiger win on that Sunday. What a great answer. That's a great answer. 
Wow. Did you watch Tiger at all? Did you see him when you went when you were there? Oh yeah, it was pouring rain Friday. So my buddy and I just had front row tickets because we were just like, we don't care about the rain. Like everybody's just like, oh, they're they're running for the shelter. We're like, we're, we're good. We're it's like we're we're already wet. Coolest piece of memorabilia that you own. First pitch I threw hundred miles an hour. I got the ball. So that's a real is it engraved not engraved, is it like signed up? Well, my buddies made it. They <laughs> so they ran into the clubhouse and I, I run off the field and they had checked. They went to check with the video guys because it you know came up on the board and everything. And um, so when I come back in, they threw me a ball and it was like I was like, "What is it?" He goes, "100." And I was like, "Really? <laughs> Let's go." That's that's a great yeah, answer, bro. You, you got to take some of the uh, the the small stuff sometimes, you know. See, I I'm loving by the way that you're appreciating it. So many people are like, "Oh, I don't know." That's a great answer, and it, it's great that your friends were involved getting it from you. Oh, Stephen Geltz was the main one. Shout out to Geltzy. How about this? I think the answer might be Griffey, but last person you asked for a picture or autograph from? Uh, no, I didn't ask Griff. I had, um, I'm like careful about that. Like I don't, I don't want to ruin the time. Like uh, I, I, got I, to I play, actually get it. Yeah, I got to play golf with Spieth, and I wanted a picture so bad, but I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna enjoy this moment, and I'm just, you know, like yeah, I'd rather have lunch with the guy than yeah. like be asking for his autograph. Um. Yeah, I can't. I honestly, I, I I'm like very big on like I don't know if I've asked for an autograph or, any, or anything. I've, really, I, no picture either. No, uh. Uh-uh. And about this, it's two a.m. What is your go-to food? You have four drinks in. You come home. You're tired. What are you putting on TV? Oh, food or TV? I'm sorry, food. And the next question will be TV. Food. Two a.m. Okay. Four drinks food? in. Man, I, I'm I'm always keeping leftovers. So I abuse Uber Eats with my like travel schedule. And so if I'm, if I'm ordering Uber Eats, you know, they've got these like spend 50, save 12. I'm never spending 23 bucks on Uber Eats. I'm spending like, you know, 60 bucks. I've got three meals in there. So if I want sushi at 2 a.m., I'm crushing it. Like I've got a uh, hibachi from last night that's just sitting in case I, you know, like. And how about this, Madison? Last show you binged watched. Oh man, it's the one with Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pratt as a seal, or, or his. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know. I, I didn't watch. I know what you're talking about. Was it good? What is? What is? It's so good. What is that? It's gonna. That's gonna kill me. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, so I, I do. Oh, great, great movie. I mean, show, great show. Bro, this was an absolute blast. You gave me awesome stories. Thank you for reliving your journey up to the big leagues, bro. This was. A, I was dying to have you on. So thank you for doing this, man. Uh, we're, do- if we're doing it again. We're doing it at the bar in New York City. I'm fine. Whenever you come up here, bro, thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. Have a good and- one.